Hello, everybody, and welcome to this bonus episode of Squared Triangle, um, sort of. Uh, we've had, what, three pay-per-views in two weeks, so here we are doing our best. Um, today we're doing WWE Payback, um, which was last Saturday. Uh, and yeah, we'll just kind of get right into it, I suppose. What is, what is our What are our overall thoughts about it, I guess? This was the most okayest pay-per-view they've had this year. Yeah. Like, it, it, it didn't get, like, ass, like, a... It didn't have, like, a low, low point. Everything was just kind of average or above it. Yeah. Uh, it, I think they, again, they need to stop doing these every month. Like, you need to have some storylines breathe a little bit. AEW just did one after another, uh, like seven days time, apart. Th- I don't want to hear it. This is the first time they did that, though. Yeah, like, and they're going to do it again next year. And now it's in the structure, but like WWE has done this for how long, and they still haven't made ways to make their stories interesting going into these events. Like that's. I'm the just saying, other thing. companies are going the other way around. Is what I'm saying. Is all I'm saying. Yeah. But yeah, it was a. It had some high points. It had just some basic. Here's a match that's basically a TV match, but with a little more, you know, and Nash. Yeah. So it didn't. It didn't like shake up a lot of things. There was a big change uh, to the titles in one of the matches. Uh, but aside from that, it's just. It's a glorified TV episode for the most part. Yeah. That's pretty much my thoughts on it. Um, yeah. uh, it was just pretty much an extended Raw SmackDown, you know, but it wasn't necessarily bad. You know, we got at least two to three good matches out of it. You know, the rest weren't bad either, but, you know, that's just something you could just see on a regular episode yeah. of Raw SmackDown. So, you know, nothing too groundbreaking, nothing out of the ordinary. We got a return out of it. You know, I, uh, we'll get to I that. I will say, yeah, I was going to say, uh, I think the the promo segments were probably a little more weighted towards, you know, moving storylines along than the actual they matches were. were. Except they for were. the opening match. Except for the opening match. Yeah, I we're going to get we're going to get right into that with a uh, Trish and Becky putting on an absolute fucking great match. Like, <laughs> I am surprised that this match was as good as it was. A lot of it just from creative spots uh, yeah. that I think only Trish would have the balls to try to pull off. So what are they going to do? Fire her? Yeah, Uh, so this is a this is the cage match that kind of blows off the feud of Trish and Becky Lynch that has been going on for several months now. There's a very good hype package that builds up the story, uh, tells the entire story of why, you know, why Becky brought Trish in and then why Trish turned on her and adds, you know, the Zoe Stark angle to it. Uh, And then at the start of this match, we're shown that NXT champion Tiffany Stratton is here. Which I thought would have played in to the match, but it doesn't. It kind of looks like a Robert Palmer doll from the Addicted to Love music video. She's just kind of like staring off into space. She had a very blank stare. It was it was very noticeable. I don't don't think she was ready for the camera to to be on her. And also, and also for some people, if you don't watch NXT, you're wondering what the hell is this girl with the title? I kind of don't blame you because I guess nobody's really been paying the NXT, uh, paying much attention to NXT in a while, but uh. She's actually really good in ring, though. I will say well, that. Much. She won the title like how many months ago? And she's had what? One title one, defense. <laughs> one title defense. It was against the like, hell. And it's just like, OK, so even they're not doing anything with their women's champion. And now 
by the time that we record this, it's announced that Becky Lynch is coming for the NXT title. So, you know, Tiffany Strand's losing the title. <laughs> so it's like, OK, <laughs> like, That's not I, I don't know if he is or not, true. but if he does. Oh, God, uh, they could pivot. They could pivot in after this huge win for Becky, just completely have Tiffany like destroy her. But this is Becky Lynch. This is their moneymaker. They're trying to probably get eyes back on NXT. So that'd probably be the way to do it if you put Becky Lynch as uh, the NXT Women's Champion. But I don't know. We'll see come next Tuesday. So yeah, yeah. uh, I fucking love this match. It like, was a great match. This you, was awesome. There's a lot of homages in this match. They're using other women's finishers. Uh, I mean, Becky hits Trish with a twist of fate from Lita, which was great. And I think Trish, Trish hit her with the uh, Widow's Peak. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, cool. So we're just celebrating the women's history, which is awesome. I thought it was uh, really good. I think my two favorite spots in this match was Trish dangling off the cage. Mm-hmm. Which I was concerned about the setup because I saw that her leg was like in the uh, like in the top, like between the bars. And I was like, oh, God, this is going to be really hard to set up, like whatever move they're doing. She can't really move her leg around. And mm-hmm. lo and behold, the spot is actually I'm just going to hang off the side of the cage. Just hanging out here, guys. <laughs> uh, and then just a really fucking good superplex. Uh, into the ring, too. Uh, and yeah, I mean, these two just. It's your this feels like an old school cage match. They're throwing each other against the cage walls. They're getting very scary up on the top of the cage. Uh, Trish is actually going for the escape, which is cool to see. Like she's not lingering. It's like Becky's down and you see Trish trying to escape. Mm-hmm. Despite the fact that the door is probably right there and it's a little bit faster. So. Uh, still some WWE storytelling in the cage matches. It's like, why are you going to go over when the door is right there? But. I I mean, yeah, fucking Trish is so good, even at this age and how long she's hasn't like consistently wrestled. Yeah. And um, I just really think that this is their best match they've had. Uh, this the is the good. Summer. If this, this is the blow off match, this is a great way to finish this feud. This is this is a nice way to end this uh feud right here. OK, I don't think they should have another match after this. This was the perfect way to end it. Um. We had it. I guess we had a Zoe Stark appearance in this match. We did. Uh, and I think this is the conclusion of the feud because when Zoe Starks arrives to try to help Trish win, uh, she doesn't. She kind of gets laid out uh, and everything. And Becky wins. And then post match, we see Zoe turn on Trish. Uh, after Trish kind of slapped around. After getting slapped around. So I think we're probably going to see Zoe get her singles run now, like as a actual person on the roster and not a sidekick uh while becky's going back to nxt so this is good for her you know um i guess it's just time to test it's always stark now now that she is free from trish um she's probably going to grow into this and she's going to get better over time you know promo yep. still may be a little shaky but you know over time she'll get better at it so yeah so has got a bright future ahead of her yeah i mean this is definitely like one of the better women's matches of the year and this is after we talked about, you know, uh, throw Chris Statland or Ruby Soho match kind of being, you know, hit or miss at times. Like, this is definitely the better women's match of the weekend. Yep. Uh, um, next is uh, The Miz. Yeah, we got a John Cena promo. The poor man is balding. We talked about that in the I'm Discord. It's so, so noticeable now. Um, we get a funny little Miz John Cena segment. 
where he's saying, I'm going to be the guest referee. And then Miz is like, no, see, you're a host. You have to be involved. You have to be like all the stuff and like be a host. And he's like, I got it. I'm going to be your special guest referee. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was a really fun segment. It probably went on a few minutes longer than it needed to. Uh, I've seen a moment. But it does lead us right into the match afterwards. But mm-hmm. just even these two guys, like they're just two of the best talkers. And I really wish LA Knight had come out so we just have three of the best talkers in that segment. Oh, uh, yeah. M- Miz's comment about John Cena looking like a Teletubby was oh, yeah. He's like, You're 46 and you're still coming out looking like a Teletubby. <laughs> like, you're almost 50. <laughs> yeah, it, it was really funny. Uh, it was good. I wish we could have gotten an LA Knight promo in this too. It's just the three of them cutting promos, but you know, I will say the interesting thing about this match is usually when you have a special guest ref match, like you expect them to kind of like be, uh, uh, you know, siding one way or the other, but Cena called it down the middle. He did. And it was interesting because even LA Knight was fucking getting hot with Cena a little yeah. bit like, and that plays into uh, the stuff after the match as well. Uh, this was a pretty good match, but this again, this kind of felt like a TV match. It didn't really have yeah. like that big fight feel to it. Uh, because again, this Miz feud has only gone on for a few weeks, it hasn't had time to like really develop, right? Uh, I did find out that his that LA Knight's finisher is called Blood Force Trauma, which I did not know. BLT, <laughs> the BFT. <laughs> BLT is the sandwich I I had for lunch today. I'm hungry. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I mean, what do you guys think of this match? Like, it did just feel like it was it was okay. Um, I don't expect great matches out of these out of people who are traditionally great talkers, because like you can talk your way if you can talk into having a five star match. But if you can't actually perform it, it's, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and I think they're good workers i don't think they're great workers but they're good um this match did exactly what it was supposed to do it was supposed to push the story along mm. uh it was supposed to uh further the feud between miz and la knight uh john cena was an extra added bonus there uh which led to a funny segment on raw but you know with miz you know putting an invisible john cena in the uh what was it skull crushing finale but anyway it, this match did what it was supposed to do um it got LA Knight over even more as a face. And, you know, Miz is still hot. Even um, when he has his moments like this, mm-hmm. when Miz is being serious, he's probably one of the hottest, you know, acts on the roster right now. Yeah. You know, so it, it did what it was supposed to do. And it, they're still piping in chants about Miz's balls, which is a little questionable. Are. I'm uh, getting a little tired of that, by the way, with WWE piping in crowd noise. Yeah. It's distracting. Uh, I don't care if they crowd, pipe in crowd noise, but at least make it believable. I'm not seeing anyone move in the damn crowd. When yeah. you have a crowd that can organically get involved, you get the meat chance. Like, exactly. Yeah, because nothing's going to top they are that. Now selling, <laughs> we found out today they're now selling t-shirts for her. They, they worked on that on real fast. <laughs> I did like that was, the, an, uh, that was an impressive turnaround. We did. I did find the picture on Twitter that I shared with you all of just a Miro Hobbs match. And you just see like the faded in Big E. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, God, I wish I would have found this picture before I edited the episode. But um, yeah, uh, uh, similar to the Brock Cody match, you get the Cena rub at the end of this match, too, uh, mm-hmm. with him raising LA Knight's hand and showing him like a sign of respect and everything. Uh, and it definitely feels like that changing of the guard is slowly happening now with guys like Lesnar and Cena 
you know, moving away from being a full-time wrestler. Yep. Riding off in the sunset. And Cena's going to do more Honda commercials. <laughs> and that is his voice in Honda commercials. Yeah. Uh, I would say this next match is kind of the low lowest point of the night. The Rey Mysterio-Austin Theory match. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't care for this feud. I don't care about Theory anymore. Like, he's just... He's just one of those guys on the roster now that I'm like, I just don't care, man. Like, and I, I need him to swing on somebody who isn't Rey Mysterio. I need him to like swing on someone random. God knows yeah. I love Rey Mysterio too, man, but eh, he's got no steam. And Austin Theory's been out of gas for a minute. I, mm. I just have no interest in this match. I don't know what the <sighs> hell they're going to do, you know, to get Austin Theory back the way he was a year or two ago, but it's I'm just, just not feeling it anymore. It's just... It's the same. I wrote four lines of notes for this match, and it is, I do not care for this feud. I'm impressed that Ray and Sting are two WCW guys who can still go. And then the only two match notes that I have in here are Austin Theory gets a lot of offense, and then they end this match with a roll-up. Like, it's just... Yeah. It's just, it's a dumb fucking match. It kind of just is there to fill time. And I'm like, what, the 10 minutes this match was given? Could have easily gone into our next match, which was my favorite match of the night. <laughs> I love this street fight. Good lord, so did I. That was, it was stupid, but it was great. What did you post in the Discord today? Uh, you are, signif- are sufficiently sports entertained. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I'm sufficiently sports entertained. Uh, so we're um, getting. It was it was the spot I, uh, that that we'll get into here in a bit that really turned it over for me. Yeah, this was a street fight between. Uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and the Judgment Day. And boy, have they done so little after getting Sami out of the bloodline. Like, these guys just kind of coasted with these titles, you know? It didn't feel like their reign really meant anything. I don't think anything. they had that many, they, they they had that many defenses. They, they did not. They kind of just, like, completely moved out of the eyes of the booking committee. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it just really goes to show you just how limited WWE's creativity is at times. Yeah. Uh, it's noticeable with these guys. So yeah, so I mean I have some thoughts about this match at the end, just because of how meaningless their undisputed title reign felt. It's just like it's it happened and we're not gonna do anything because now we're focusing on Jey Uso and not these titles. <laughs> Like it's just it's that kind of like feeling. It's like, okay, cool, they're out of the storyline, back to the bloodline story. It's just one of those things, man. Um, but this is a no DQ match, so instantly into this match we start getting chairs and kendo sticks. Mm-hmm. Like they waste no time turning this into an actual street fight. Uh for a good portion of the early part of this match, Kevin Owens is slapping Damien Priest around like he is nothing. <laughs> It's just really funny seeing Kevin Owens just dominate Damian Priest with how hot Damian's been, you know, in recent weeks. Uh, he takes off his shirt, shows that he has a Terry Funk shirt on, which shows you the mindset that KO is going to have for this match, and boy, does he have it. And really the part where he stuffs Finn Balor in a trash can and starts whacking him with... Uh, that's, <laughs> my next, that's, my, that's my next note. They throw a trash can onto Finn Balor and start beating <laughs> it with Windows 6. <laughs> I do that was like, great. That's a like good ECW spot. It it really is. I do like how just because of Finn's like physical size, that trash can is like only his legs are sticking out of it. 
on his throat. It was very comical. It was very Pepsi Man, if you've ever seen that yeah. game. Like when he has a trash can, like go on him. It's just his legs underneath. <laughs> um, Judgment Day starts to. Uh, the Judgment Day wrestling in this match are Finn Balor and Damian Priest, by the way, because then we get our Dominic uh, interference, which. The way that this bloodline, the Judgment Day story is being booked is now it's just Bloodline 2.0. It's just going to be constant interferences and all this other shit because WWE cannot book any faction creatively. So yeah, they they got a form. Yeah, they hit the same formula with all these factions, and uh, you know, and this is pretty much what you're gonna get with the Judgment Day moving forward. It's you're gonna get at least one or two of them in a match, and then the others come interfere, mostly Dominic and uh. Yeah, that's pretty much how this is going to go for a while until they start losing the titles did, and the tension starts. Did they interfere in Dom's match when he won the title? Yeah, I feel like they did. They when did. he won the I, NXT, I, uh, North American title, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, they're going to they're yeah. be doing the, blood, they're gonna be doing the bloodline thing, but the thing with here is I think they're getting more gold uh, put on now because at least now all of their members have a belt on them. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, something the Judgment Day didn't have, but now it's just like shit. Now we're just gonna have the era of Judgment Day while the Bloodline story is on ice, and Damien still has the briefcase, and Damien still has the briefcase. Yeah. Uh, we have some more stuff as they start fighting into the crowd, and then is one of my favorite moments of this match. After they get thrown over a barricade, it cuts to Judgment Day. They're all standing there cheering, like, "Oh, we beat him up!" And the camera does like a slow pan back to them and they're suddenly in hockey uniforms doing like the hockey stick like hitting the hand motion yep. and i was like that's so stupid but i love it it, <laughs> it was like it really, it was, it's so canadian of them to do that they're just the thrown over about it is that kevin owens is like randomly bleeding too yeah he's like busted open but it's just it's so funny because you see it like they get thrown over and then pans to them, and then it's probably like 15 seconds before it pans back, and it's just two hockeyed up Canadians. <laughs> I'm like, that's so fucking stupid. But I, I laughed. I did. It was really funny. Uh, we had uh, some, some more in ring action. Uh, I can't remember who took it, but somebody took a blue thunder bomb onto chairs. Uh, then pre slams Sammy through some chairs. Sammy's taking a little bit of abuse this match. Yep. Uh, KO breaks up him by throwing the chair, and he accidentally hits Sammy Gazane in the nuts, if you watch it. <laughs> oh, like, no. as he throws the chair, it opens and just smacks Sammy between the legs. <laughs> Ow. Uh, we start to get into the crowd a little bit more. I made a note here. Uh, they're really trying to pull a four-man stadium stampede. That's what it felt like. They're yeah. not doing a bad job of it. They weren't. Yeah, um, and then KO jumps over a balcony. Yeah, <laughs> so. I think I, no, yeah. And then there's one spot where Sammy did like a um oh he did like a a tope off the uh kickoff show table. Yeah, he like um, dove that was uh before yeah, he did that off the kickoff show table, which I was like they yeah. kept they kept that there during the show. Yeah. <laughs> Specifically yes, for the spot. <laughs> like Well, they keep it there as you know, you if you watch the live pay per views, I don't know if you guys have been to pay per view. Um, but it's just there the whole time. Seems lazy. <laughs> it's because it's they have to they have to disassemble it and That's they don't fair. want to disassemble it until everything's done. And yeah. then if a spot like this occurs, you know, it's just there for that you know, for them to use. So yeah. uh, it, it was pretty cool. 
But yeah, uh, uh, it, yeah, Kevin with that swanton off the upper deck was crazy. Yeah, uh, KO hits a swanton off the balcony, mostly missing the table as he crashes through Don, uh, Dom. Like, his tailbone smacks that arena floor first. Like, it... I'm like, God damn, that has to hurt. Like, he has to be feeling that right now. Yeah. Uh, the fact that he still fucking did it at, like, what, 40-something is insane. <laughs> like... Mm-hmm. We're close to 40. Um, yeah, it's just uh because normally when you see New Jack do that spot, he just does like a straight dive onto the dude in the table. I was expecting but... Sammy just to do like a splash. I wasn't expecting him to go like full swanton. I didn't but... expect it either. It just caught me out of nowhere with that. That gave me Her... uh that gave me shield vibes when they like pan up and you see Seth Rollins jump off the the balcony yeah. onto people back in the shield days. Like that's the kind of vibe that I got from that. And it had a really good camera shot too. Like the cameraman was beneath it as it came down and he tracked it the whole way through the table. And I'm like, whoever that camera guy is, fucking give him like a bonus for that shot. That shot is great. The uh, current best Swanton user in the game, unfortunately, Kevin Owens. Yeah. The Um, other guys not able to do it consistently. Yeah. uh, So KO is kind of outside in the crowd right now, probably dealing with a busted tailbone. Uh, Sammy is taking on the Judgment Day, and then uh, JD arrives, the newest member of Judgment Day. Uh, and then Rhea arrives, and Rhea spears KO through the barricade. <laughs> they do the barricade. Cool they do the barricade. the barricade. They do the barricade spot, but it's Rhea just plowing KO through the barricade. Uh, and then they take the belts off of Sammy and Kevin Owens. And put them on Judgment Day. And I'm like, are they going to make it one title now? Are they going to give them a nice little pink tag team or purple tag team belts to match the color scheme? Like, I'd be okay with that. Yeah, I was like, yeah, um, are you going to change it up a bit? unifying them. Yeah, if you, you unify, unifying. if you unify them, it's red and blue. That should make purple, right? Um, yeah, like, and on top of that, if they're going to do that, I just want a new dog designed for the tag team titles because I'm really tired of that. Uh, I'm tired of the quarter tag team. Point. Okay, yeah, it looks like a. It looks like a quarter. quarter. It looks like a quarter. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> they've, been, they've been using that design since the early 2010s, and I'm just yeah. ready for a new design. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. all. Uh, this was a fun match. Like I, it's one of those things. I'm like, God damn, you guys did nothing with Sammy and KO as a tag team, really, and they're just taking the belts off of them. It's just one of those like, what? Why? What was even the point then? If you want that feel-good story of them winning and getting the belts, at least do something with them for some period of time. Because I think in our last few pay-per-views, they didn't have matches. Like, if I'm trying to recall, I don't think in our any of our previous WWE shows we saw a, can- a Sammy KO match. No. Cause he, and, that, and that's been a common pattern with WWE with a lot of these tighter ones. You know, it happened with Kofi. It happened with Big E. These guys, they have the moment. Oh, Dolph Ziggler, they have the moment, and then they just coast for a bit. They're like, fine. And don't really give them anything. Fine. We'll give you your precious fucking moment. <laughs> they just don't do anything and, else. And they just do nothing after that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but now Judgment Day has the belts. And I wonder if they're going to just keep these on Priest and Finn, or if they're going to do, like, Freebird rules, where Dom can also defend it, and JD. It'll probably be Freebird rules. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we're probably looking 
for months of Judgment Day being in the spotlight <laughs> until the Bloodline story finally ends with Cody. You're saying that like it's a bad thing. There is something like there is like oversaturation, you know? Yeah, but that's what happens when you have four shows a week. Yeah. <sighs> okay. <laughs> I'll, fucking, <laughs> I'll fucking deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't mind it personally. I mean, Justin Day is a bit interesting, and I like all four of these guys, especially mm-hmm. Dan Priest, you know, who I think would make an amazing baby face, but that's for a later time down the line. Yeah. Hope it'll it'll come. It'll come. Yeah. Uh, after this match, we get another promo section. It is the Grayson Waller effect with Cody Rhodes. And we start off and Cody's like, you know what? I, it's not here for me. It's for somebody on the, the newest member of the Raw roster. And main event Jey Uso has arrived on Raw as a singles performer. With the new theme song. With a new theme song. And from what I saw based on Monday, uh, just because he is now a babyface, does not forgive his past sins, and everybody seems pissed off with Jey Uso. So, correctly so. This is a, this, this is a good storyline. I like especially it. Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre, Matt Riddle, like they have all like confronted yeah. Jey Uso. It's like, bro, you still fucked with us, <laughs> like, and that's the kind of thing. I think that we were talking about it previously uh, on one of our AEW episodes, early AEW felt so different because everybody on the roster had a reason to pretty much hate each other. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, look, the elite it, uh, Kenny is feuding with uh, John Moxley. But then, you know, during this fight, somebody else comes in and jumps John Moxley because he's angry at John. And then it's like the whole roster, it was just always break down into like the whole roster, like brawling because these guys are all in one place hating each other. And now it's starting to feel like that with Jay. It's like, oh, look, People in this roster don't like each other, uh, even if it's no longer feuding with them. You know, you can either have long term storytelling or you can have or you can have random stuff. You can't have both. This is what happens when you have long term storytelling. I just rather have the continuity. Yeah, look, exactly. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, Jay is back on Raw. Super kicks Grayson Waller. Segment ends. And Jay Uso is so over like this crowd fucking loved him. Yep. Like, (laughs) Uh, like there, there's a there's a difference that you can tell when uh, the crowd uh, when they're booing the Miz when it's very obviously piped in in the last match, and when you see like and when you see uh, Jay Uso like vibing with the crowd where he's yeah. still over. I I expected him to like not be over uh, with the crowd as much as he was. No, he's but he uh, he's one of their he's got him. He's one yeah. of WWE's top guys now, whether they want him mm-hmm. to be or not. <laughs> like, yep. It's like LA Knight. LA Knight, he is undeniable as a fan favorite now. Like, yeah, but this is a this is a good problem to have though. You know, with merchandise sales and everything. It's a really good problem to have. Now it's just a matter of what they actually do with Jey Uso call going forward. Yeah. Well, if they moved Cody to SmackDown and they moved Jay to Raw, they can both go after the world titles on those brands. And I yep. fully expect it to be Cody going to Raw or SmackDown. So they can start, you know, the phase they, road they can, back they to confirmed. Rolling. They confirmed he's going back to SmackDown. Okay, That's what I thought. The road. That's a good move. The road to the conclusion is finally back in. Tra- <laughs> the the road tra- to finish the story. The for train once. has drifted back onto the correct track. <laughs> Let's just multi-track the drifting story already. <laughs> multi-track drifting. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So drifting. interesting to see where uh, WWE is going to go with this. Yep. On to the next match, the women's title match. 
again, a good match that got a very good 17 match. minutes. So, yeah, they these are Triple H's two. These are his two of his daughters, like Triple H's kids. These are two of them. Yep. Yep. Uh, we got Rhea Ripley versus Raquel Rodriguez. Both of them, a bunch of R names, which is pretty cool to see. <laughs> so uh, alliteration. it's very Big cool seeing Raquel women slapping meat. It is cool seeing somebody match Rhea in terms of power after yep. so long of her destroying women like Selena Vega. <laughs> and yeah, they <laughs> Listen, it's it's fun watching them get folded like that, but sometimes you just want two kaijus to go at it. Yeah. Uh, I was talk- I was watching this at my friend's house and I asked because Rhea comes out in gear that looks like China's. Yep. That's, like was, that's the that's the that was the that's right. China. And I asked my friend, I was like, the Triple H finally clean out like the closet or something. <laughs> like, if it's yes, wow, it's like, did they just have it laying around somewhere? It looks like almost accurate to hers. Like it's I was like, this is like a hand me down gear, isn't it? <laughs> like, But yeah, she looks good in it. I mean, she is the modern day China. Like it's Triple H is like, we haven't had a woman, a woman like this in a long time. And let's just bring back that China energy, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, she's spearing men through barricades. <laughs> like she's, she's I mean, a different I, I breed. She's a different breed of woman on that show now. And then you have a Kel, a Kel who's like an absolute powerhouse of a woman and very tall. And- there's a there's a reason her pose is like she goes back and she just yeah. kind of does this. My uh, two my two notes after uh, I make my Rhea is China note uh, is actually yes. Uh, Meaty women slapping meat is actually one of my notes here, and, and also uh, meat. also put in the uh, Steven Universe giant woman meme. <laughs> like, <laughs> All I wanna do is see you giant, giant, giant giant woman. <laughs> it's like that's just the meme that I had in my mind watching this I match. It, so uh, there's a point in this match where I think Raquel might have taken a. A slam or something too hard because she seems out of it for a little while in this match. I think she might have actually like bumped her head pretty hard on something. I can't remember what the exact spot was, but there's a point in this match where you see her start to move like very unsurely mm. uh, for a few minutes and then everything straightens out again. So I'm yeah, just like, she probably bumped her head pretty hard. Uh, and she throws Bria into a barricade. So it's just like, okay. Uh, but then again, in Judgment Day fashion, Dom arrives, distracts Raquel. Raquel takes a riptide. And you can now tell when Rhea is pinning for the win because she does that pin on the woman that she is wrestling. Just the uh, the shoulders down yep. between the, the folded up. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it's yep. just like... Folded like an accordion. It's her signature. It's that pin for her, and it is a similar pin uh, for Gunther. Is yes. he? He will always do that pin when it is the finish of the match. So there's like little visual cues now that I've been able to like. Oh, that's it. That's the finish. So the one day somebody there. kicks, the one day somebody kicks out of it, I'm gonna be like, oh shit! <laughs> like, they're training you. They're training they are, you. That's what's condi- happening. They're conditioning me. <laughs> it's yeah. just like. Uh, once that when that one person to kick out, it's gonna be like, "Yo, yeah, it's gonna be a great moment." That big false finish. Mm -hmm. Uh, This was a really good women's match. We had two really good women's matches on this card. Uh, And actually, thinking of the card, one, two, three, four, five, six matches, and only one was kind of a dud. 
And that was the yeah. uh, theory, Ray. Yeah. Also, only six matches. That's a. I would appreciate if you're doing these pay-per-views monthly. Like a card like this is fine. <laughs> like, I there were, I remember pay-per-views where it's like we'll cram nine matches onto this card uh, for WWE, but give them like roughly the same amount of time. Or even with AEW matches, it's like, shit, that's a lot of matches, but they're all timed for what they need. Nothing ever feels like it goes further than it has to. God, wrestling's such a good place right now. It's so that's good. That's what I'm saying. We can call, we call this mid, but this would be like, this would be gangbusters in like 2007. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think in 2007, they'd appreciate a, a pay-per-view this good. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Exactly. that's what I'm saying. Uh... That wasn't one of WWE's best years. No, it wasn't. No. They were fully in the sauce of like, I, we're, we're, what are you going to do? Go somewhere else? We, we literally started that year with Kevin Federline pinning John Cena. If you don't know who that is, I don't blame you. You shouldn't look him up at all. So I want people to look this up. What culture has a song called What Happened to That Wrestler? And it's sung in the style of Billy Joel's We Didn't Start the Fire, but it's all the wrestlers from like the 90s and 2000s that wrestled for WWE. And there are names that I forgot existed. <laughs> like, I'm just like, oh my God, this, or the 2000s were such a bad fucking time when they lost like Stone Cold and everybody. Yep, like, they were, they sure were scrambling for the next prize. prize. Yeah, it was just like guys like Gene Snitsky. Mr. Anderson or Mr. Kennedy, like it was a weird time for I loved Mr. Kennedy. And then he turned out to be a douchebag. He was he is a douchebag. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so moving on to the main event. Which I have some thoughts about the finish or. I would say the lack of anything interesting after the finish. Is the Seth Rollins versus Shinsuke Nakamura match. Mm-hmm. And it is a tr- we talked about it on Discord. This is his first pay per view main event since he's been on the main roster. That is a fucking travesty. It mm-hmm. took seven years because remember he came into NXT around March of 2016, I think, right before like two months after AJ Styles did, and they had that incredible match at Wrestle Kingdom that year. Uh, it took him seven years to get to a main event on a PLE. It- it's absurd. That, that shouldn't have happened. Uh, but we have a really good hype package building the story of this match. Shinsuke claims he knows Seth. He knows that Seth's in pain. His back is broken. And Shinsuke is going to use that to his advantage to break Seth Rollins. It's a very classic face heel dynamic. Mm-hmm. Seth is like, you're not going to bring my family into this. And Shinsuke is like, I'm going to I'm going to bane. I'm going to break you. Like, so a very, I very like the very classic like dynamic they have in this. Uh, they need to stop letting Seth do the crowd like singing thing because it kind of goes on for too long now. I do like the crowd singing his opening, but there's like, you can get to the match now. <laughs> like, yeah, sh- they just need to cut that out. It's starting to get old. Shinsuke got an anime opening. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got a nice little like anime motion comic, uh, like intro, which is cool. Uh, got him, they gave him a manga opening. They gave him a manga open. Fantastic. A manga open. And then uh, classic. Uh, I don't did they? I haven't seen Shinsuke enough lately to know, but they gave him back his old theme music. So 
or has he yeah, had, he's had that? that back. Okay. He's had that back for a couple months now. Okay. Yeah. 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 I just I love that song. I like that intro music still so it goes so hard. This match has a lot of good in-ring storytelling. Especially with the focus on Seth's back. Uh it's rare to see it nowadays in WWE, but actual like in-ring psychology is a nice little thing to have sprinkled in every now and then. When it comes to matches, you'll usually get that in like the big main events, but a lot of matches just don't have, you know, good in action storytelling. Uh, but Shinsuke and Seth definitely knocked this one out of the park with their in-ring work. Uh, what did you see up to, Becca? Because I know that we're talking about this without you. I didn't uh, see the main event. You didn't see the main event? Okay. What did you think about this, X? Oh, Okay, um, Seth I was watching it while I was at work, guys. Yeah, I know. A lot of it, On my it, it, was, it surprised me that a majority of this match was heavy in story, with Shinsuke mostly focusing on Seth's back. Uh, mm. I thought this was a narrative that I guess they were trying to push out. Uh, I was fine with it. I was kind of expecting to see a little more Nakamura do other things, but you know. He's a heel, and I think that's what the main focus was. Uh, I thought this was a decent match, honestly, but I don't know what they're gonna do with this feud going forward. Uh, but things that I don't, I wouldn't mind seeing another Shinsuke Nakamura Rollins match. Yeah, we're probably gonna get more matches going forward because Shinsuke kind of hung out at ringside for a bit. Yeah, Uh, and um, but it's just like I was just like, yes, Shinsuke didn't do anything different. He just did his normal move sets like even yeah, in this main kind of what's entertaining about shinsuke is he does literally the same move set regardless of what alignment well, he is the thing is no it's like you're in a main event for a title and you're not going to sh- try to show your opponent you know something different something they're not expecting yeah. um, at this point i'm like you know shinsuke is up there and he's probably i think he's in his 40s now too this guy's probably just coasting with his contract at this point like he's probably He's like, oh, cool, I'm in the main event, cool, I'm not going to actually try harder, though, you know? I mean, like, he, did, he did his normal moveset, and then on top of that, you know, there was a heavy focus on Seth's back, so I guess yeah. this match was more of a, you know, push-the-story kind of deal. Yeah. To and not fair, necessarily a main event kind of match, but... To be fair, Shinsuke's level is, like... Shinsuke's level is, like, up here compared to the average wrestler. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, like, yeah, there's a lot of ground for other people to carry to get to him. Well, one of the notes I have here, uh, I needed to probably clarify X. Did Rollins hit a Rainmaker in this match? <laughs> he did the, like the rip, the ripcord lariat, like on. Yeah. Like I, he I, hit I Shinsuke with a, he hit Shinsuke with a Rainmaker during this match. <laughs> and I wonder if he did that intentionally, you know, sure as like a shout out to Okada. Which he, if it that was, that was great. Because I, you know, I don't know if like, he, I know he, uh, he does the knee, like he does like yeah, the ripcord knee. Yeah, but he like, does the knee, but yeah, he like ripcord. I was expecting the knee, and then he just like lariats the hell out of Shinsuke. I'm like, I'm like, I was like, okay, that was different, but okay. I was just oh, like, did he just hit a fucking dude. rainmaker? <laughs> like, starts going like this next. Uh, little dollar bills fly out. Seth does really sell the wear on his back. Like he even tries. He even stops from using the Falcon Arrow, knowing that it would fuck up his back even further. Mm. You know his his uh. Usual off the turnbuckle and then roll up into like another move. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he, he decides not to do that because he's like, oh, that might fuck me up. Uh, 
Then we get a the usual finish. Uh, Seth hits a pedigree. Shinsuke kind of kind of no sells it to a degree. <laughs> like he hits it and then he's like instantly up on his hands and knees, like trying to recover. Uh, we hit a stomp and then we get the pinfall. And then nothing happens. There's no cash in. There's no post match beatdown. It just goes off the air, and I I've never been blue balled harder in a fucking pay per view. <laughs> like, yeah, because you would think that would be the appropriate spot for a cash in with Damian Priest. You know, Seth Rollins is because Seth, Seth is for about four minutes. For four minutes on camera, he is selling that his back is fucked up, and they're not cutting. Yeah. The logo's not coming up, and I'm like, we're going to get the fucking cash in, or Shinsuke's going to jump in here and just beat the hell out of Rollins, and then it just goes away. <laughs> That's just, it. And I'm so mad. I'm so blue balled by fucking payback. <laughs> like, <laughs> why would you want them to cash in at you by your own admission? The most, the most. If okay you're already, pay-per-view. if you're already putting the undisputed tag tiles on it, just fucking go for it at this point. <laughs> like, because <laughs> I really did write a note. As I said, um, in one of my notes, it's like I'm pretty much expecting the Judgment Day to walk out with all the gold. I was too. And when I, was that happen, I was kind of surprised. I was expecting Dom to have North America, Rhea to have the ladies, them to have an undisputed tag team, and then Damian Priest furthering the story with Finn Balor walking out with the fucking world heavyweight title. Like, maybe that's just the conditioning we've been used to all these years. Somebody yeah. gets injured, a cash in, um, like, someone hands why, in the briefcase, and that's it. Why isn't they protected these undisputed titles for months? And they take them off on a B pay-per-view. So at this point, I'm figuring anything's fucking possible. <laughs> like, <laughs> They're not going to drop all the titles on one night. Um, I, I do think, I, I think it'll be a case like Orange Cassidy, where uh, OC, like, his whole storyline was the yeah, he's just breaking. debut of injuries on the way to, like, finally losing. Um, I think it'll be something similar for Seth where it'll be like all these injuries piling up or people just beat the shit out of his back the next few matches he has. Um, and, he, and it finally culminates into a pay-per-view where he, get ca- he gets cashed in on. Yeah. Probably Survivor Series if I'm guessing it. I'm thinking it's Survivor Series as well. What are the, uh, the people listening to this on audio? I hope you find the YouTube of that because I'm like full gripping the microphone when I'm <laughs> ranting about the bullshit that I was expecting. Yep. Uh... Yeah, so just he beats him. Shinsuke is standing at ringside. He's not even like selling the stomp. He's just like at ringside, like standing up. And then it just ends. And I'm like, what? There's <laughs> the next pay. The next pay per view is in Indianapolis, in India, um, Indiana. I know, and it's race it car themed. Like fast lane. They made sure to make all that like promo advertisement. Really race car-y, because why not? Uh, speaking of that, yeah, when is... What is it's our... October 7th. Wrestling events. That's about a month from now. Yep, it's about ah. a month from now. Fuck, and we also have, a month from now. We also have Wrestle Dream. Wrestle Dream is that <laughs> weekend? It's, it's October 1st, I think. Yeah, Fast Lane's a week later, I believe. Yeah. Okay. That's uh, not yeah, Wrestle Dream, uh, which... Again, he scheduled a uh, yeah. He scheduled a uh, cross promotion pay per view on the same night that New Japan has their other 
event plans, all their big names won't be available. <laughs> so it's like they're just gonna get a lot of young lions. They're there. gonna get a lot of young lions or like the B, like the C tier, like mid carters. Have fun with Son of Red Shoes, Tony Khan. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we have October first. We have AW's Wrestling Dream, and then October seventh, we have Fastlane, and then we have. Oh, cool! October's only two. That's good. <laughs> November, however, we get we get two big ones. We get Full Gear and Survivor Series. And I am curious mm. to Survivor Series. <laughs> Because it is like mostly the war games format now, right? As far they as I that know, it is. One year. I don't know if they're still doing that. If they, That'd be cool. If they do, we're. If we do, and they are probably going to put Judgment Day into an event, are we probably getting like a weird Bullet Club alliance with somebody just to have Mia Yim for the Rio problem? Well, that was the whole thing about why they brought her back, and she couldn't handle the Rio problem, so. Oh. Well, is AJ still AJ's not still injured, right? No, he he just wrestled he's, uh on SmackDown last just, week, there. I believe. Yeah, yeah. It, I wish we're getting, I we're getting back. I wish I had the job, like the Good Brothers have. Or I could just be paid, paid to, to exist around. <laughs> like just be just be, pay, just be paid to be there. <laughs> like, yeah. So we got at least. Between now and uh, the end of the year, four big events. Yep. So, four episodes. <laughs> this is def- it looks like at least uh, the next few months. Yeah, it's one AW, one WWE for the rest of the year. But yeah, uh, payback wasn't bad. I mean, yeah, was, I said it wasn't it was good. It was good wrestling. It was good wrestling. Not a bunch of not a bunch of like earth shattering. You know, happenings, but definitely there. Uh, here's our uh, little hump in the storylines for the next one, which yeah. now we feed into Fastlane, and then Fastlane will feed into Survivor Series. So, get to see what happens in the next few months. We have Survivor Series in November. It's like twelve to sixteen weeks, I think, mm-hmm. or probably like twelve. Mm-hmm. Like we're all episodes twelve SmackDown, yeah, yeah. So should uh, should be more than enough time to flesh out some compelling storylines. WWE creative, like, but That's yeah, if they want to. I mean, this will. What was the other? Fuck, what was the other episode? I know we talked about a WWE pay per view where we're just like, this was meh. It's like what. Did we talk about that? Was that because I know backlash came around and blew us out of our fucking seats? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was. It was Money in the Bank, wasn't it? No, we're just like Money in the Bank was SummerSlam. I, think, so. I, can't I think it was SummerSlam. Maybe it's like yeah. for the most part, it was okay. Yeah. But then there were definitely like some what the fuck happenings. Uh, it was one of them, but we we're just like this was kind of almost like a nothing, uh, pay per view. This one uh, was not though. This one actually had some decent wrestling, but I do feel like Gable and Gunther probably could have replaced Ray in theory. 
because the argument was we don't want to overbook the card and i'm like you can literally just get rid of this match and nobody's going to care like i i i think i think that they'll put them on either fast lane or survivor series well with the way gable and gunther went on monday night raw hell they should have honestly that could have been a pay-per-view match because they they put on one fantastic I, th- match. I think this week gunther passes honky tonk man so yep he's like three days away yeah so he can i mean if that's if they if that's who they're saving to take it off of seth you know seth just getting the shit is slapped out of him by gunther to lose the title i could see that but yeah if you're going to do this give gable an ic run yep like, I agree. He is the he is the most consistent performer on your mid card. And also, it's time for Gunther to get into the main event picture because he really is. He's been ready for months now. So mm-hmm. once they take the title off of him, he needs to be next after Seth Rollins, if not Damian Priest. So uh, someone's that, like that's why I see that going. Someone's like just give him a last man standing, yeah, or like an Iron Man match. Just give him an hour long Iron Man match, like. Let's just give something that can just show like the technical wrestling that these two can do. But that would be a hell of a match. The next uh, the next few months are going to be interesting on WWE side of things. The landscape with AEW's shifted with the last pay-per-view. So we'll see what that's like uh, going into Wrestle Dream and then full gear. We're recording this on Wednesday, so we'll see what happens on Dynamite. Yeah, uh, we usually do record these on Wednesdays. But... The first CM Punk list dynamite. Yeah, and actually, while you're watching this, uh, there are two episodes apparently uh, this week. I did, there one that this comes out on Saturday. I just want to get them done and open up our schedule for next week if we have something else to record. Uh, because we wanted this episode, we wanted these episodes out a little sooner, but the uh, the all in audio got fucked. So, <laughs> you alright? But yeah, so. I guess with this, you know, this is the last you guys are going to hear from us for several weeks. Yeah. Uh, and then hopefully we'll, we'll be back on the Without Context podcast. And yeah, I love wrestling. It is people are still fighting. Like the tribalism is still there, but fuck, we're in a good place right now. Mm-hmm. Like, it's even, it's what I always want to end these with until it proves to not be as good as it could be. Uh, that's, that's kind of what we're going with here. Like, it's not as good as it could be, but it's really. It good. will never be the golden age again. It, like, but when it start, when it starts going downhill, you'll know it. The mystique will, you'll hear it from us. The mystique of the golden age shattered when everybody found out that it is scripted. We'll never get back to that real feeling of wrestling. I've known it was scripted. There was an NBC show that was like. Well, I mean, like most of the fans back in the seventies and eighties. Did not. There was no internet, so you couldn't just blur Fair things. Enough. But like, so it had that. What the fuck? God damn it! I thought I saw something on my desk. What the hell? <laughs> I saw a shadow. I saw a shadow moving on my desk, and I looked and I saw my little dangly like cord holder here, and it was like that... swaying, so it looked like it was moving. I thought there was a roach on my desk, and I was literally about to punch through my glass case on my computer on my computer side. That's uh, not very visit haunted houses of you, Sharky Hat. Oh my god. Um, I'm chumpy as shit. You want to put me on a paranormal investigation? I'll, I'll go. I'll be fucking terrified the whole time. <laughs> well, not terrified. I'll just be jumpy as shit on any single like little bit of movement around me. Yeah, I know. We've um, talked about it before on previous shows. Yeah. 
Uh, but yeah, like that mystique of like these guys are actually who they're being presented as mm. is gone. Now we know that these are just really good athletes with some good acting chops. Look, if uh, you guys thought a clown was literally killing Razor, uh, uh, cocaine dealer, I don't know what to tell you. We watched the 92 Royal Rumble. <laughs> like, That's fair. <laughs> anything was, uh, there was just a lot of shit being thrown out the wall back then. We saw a Canadian police officer fight some guy with a parrot. <laughs> like, Soul shtick is, hey, look at my parrot, guys. And then we saw another cop beat up somebody else. We saw a we saw a big cop beat up a fantasy barbarian. That's WWF state in the nineties. Like, yep. It was a uh, it was an interesting show. We had our thoughts about it. <laughs> so, you can go watch and, it. And, I, and, and that wasn't the most ridiculous point. Like they had stuff like Ninja Turtle gimmicks and shit. I believe so. It's just mm-hmm. and the thing is, still, it felt like a whole fever dream in the nineties. You can go watch some of that stuff. Growing you up, you probably think you he high. Growing up, I was a WCW fan, and even I will not give them a pass because fucking RoboCop saved Sting. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they had a guy whose whole gimmick was Sub Zero, and I fucking loved it. And he showed up. He's in AEW as a, te- as a coach. Like, yeah, it's Gla- yeah, Glacier. And he showed up in the first Battle Royale for TV. Like, the yeah, first he, Battle he, Royale they had, it was Glacier showed up and beat the shit out of some of the younger guys. So they, but that's thing. Like they celebrate history, but I know even in the '90s there was some dumb shit going on. I mean, I remember Chucky mm-hmm. was on WCW. So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So wrestling, while probably at its peak in the '70s, definitely was like, okay, well, this is just like theater in the '90s, and now it's just, we're back to just good wrestling. Like, these guys are just really good fucking creative athletes. It's just so... It's so good. Like, there's so many creative spots happening in certain matches now, too. Like, just the creativity is there again. And I cannot wait. Especially if what I saw on Twitter is true, and uh, Maki Ito is challenging John Moxley on Twitter. And I really want to see Maki wait, Ito... I, I really want to see Maki Ito like get accepted into a wrestling match so she could probably fight for the international title. That would be actually Didn't great. did they have a match in GCW or something like that? Yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. I think, I think, she, I think she also tags with uh, Nick Gage in GCW. GCW just feels like a fever dream sometimes. It really does. It is. But uh, yeah, Maki Ito uh, tweeted that she wants to fight John Moxley. And I was like, you know what? I'll take it. Like, I love dumb wrestling like this. Yeah. So I would love to see how Moxley would react in the match. Like, would he tone it down or would he just, like, throw this chick around? It's like, all right, Mox, where do your morals line? Where's the moral line here? When you're... I just see him going full Minoru Suzuki on it. I see him. Almost. I see him getting the shit kicked out of him and him kicking the shit out of her. Yeah. So... But yeah, it's wrestling's in a great place. We're having so many great performers, great events, great matches. A lot of the older guy, older wrestlers are taking on creative and coaching roles now. So that knowledge is being passed on. So mm-hmm. if anybody on Twitter is saying that wrestling sucks right now, maybe you suck because wrestling's great right now. Even Impact is getting consistently, you know, fucking good matches and they don't even have people really watching them. Yeah, because they're on XS TV, which isn't widely available in the United yeah, States. Real but, hard uh, to find that. 
Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I think I still think Impact has the best women's division in the United States right the, now. Impact's women's division is strong. And it's, they've always they've always been book strong. They've been I think their women's division is kind of like the main draw that people still have to impact. Yep. Uh and I mean every promotion is gonna have its dumb gimmicks. Like Impact has PCO who's just Frankenstein. <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's just like, but that's what makes it fun too, you know. I just want to see some I just want to see some biker guy get beat up by Frankenstein in a wrestling ring. <laughs> That's why we fell in love with like Kane and the Undertaker, you know. It's like this. Uh, I had a nightmare about Kane when I was like seven. He he did his job. <laughs> it's like, yep. but yeah, like wrestling's great, and I look forward to more and more years of it. So nice to have. That's all I got. Yeah, that's all I have too. It's like, it's. I think that says a lot, even when these like low, like these average pay per views are still like that's some good wrestling. Mm-hmm. Like, but yeah so I guess uh, this will finish up this episode uh, again uh, well if you didn't see the previous episodes you're not going to hear this stuff but we're now on our own show which you're watching here uh, the previous episode is the last one being update, uploaded to the without context uh, show feed uh, we should be getting put onto other sites now I got everything finally released uh, with the exception of Google Podcasts at the moment, working on that. But Spotify, every every other like major podcatcher that you guys can use, uh, you can find us there. Square Triangle, and yeah, fun fun times. And we'll have another episode in a few weeks. So this is the last they're going to hear about us for a few weeks. So thank you all for joining us for this hectic two weekends of wrestling. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll see you guys soon. Take care, everybody. Bye. See you soon. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Squared Triangle. Find us wherever you get your podcasts under the Without Context Podcast. Find us on YouTube at youtube.com slash at WC Network.